It's time for the Contempo Coding Podcast. Discussions, knowledge, and insight to help you succeed in the medical coding industry. And now, here's your host, Victoria. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great to be here today. I want to talk about getting through the coder funk. I mean, we all go through this and depending on what you're coding, sometimes you can experience the funk a little bit more than others. If you're, you're working in something where patients are not making through where that's, there's intense situations or just some of the scenarios are very mentally challenging. Um, it can cause you to get through this coder funk. Well, what is, what is the coder funk? What do I mean when I say the coder funk? Well, there could be a couple things. It could be just getting a little bit of, um, burnout to some degree, or it could be that you're just kind of flying on autopilot. And that's more so what I've seen in coders, especially when you're doing the same type of specialty over and over, you're working with the same providers, you kind of know, or at least you think you know what's going to be in that operative report. Um, and you kind of go on autopilot and start coding, you're used to these kind of services, you're just code, 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 code. And what happens is sometimes then you start missing things, you start um, making sloppy errors, transposing codes, missing things, uh, assigning the wrong physician. So how, what can we do to combat the coder funk? Now, I've been through the funk myself a handful of times. And, you know, recently, I've just been having some, I, I guess I want to chalk it up to pandemic fatigue. You know, I, I don't get out a lot. I work from home and I love what I do. But and then my downtime, it's kind of like, well, what am I going to do? Like travel to the couch and hang out there. So I work a lot. I enjoy what I do. But, you know, I've just been going through some things with my family and, you know, I'm facing a school year. Oh my gosh, you guys, my first partial school year that my kid is now back in person. I, I put her back in person. The first week, which wasn't even a full week, we had because of Ida coming through an early dismissal, a two hour delay, two positive COVID cases. And I got stopped by the cops in the car line because someone called, I guess, the police department and said that there was a huge line of traffic and they needed to do something right around the elementary school. So the cop pulls up to me in the line and goes, what are you all waiting in line for? And I'm like, this is the car pickup line. This is literally just the car pickup line where we come to pick up our kids. It's uh, considerably longer, I guess, this year than it has been in previous years. I don't know if it's the organization is just not there. My assumption, honestly, is that I feel like since more parents are working from home, there's probably more parents that are in the car line versus walking or sending their kids to after school care. So I'm sure that's a part of it as well. So yeah, over Labor Day weekend, my daughter went over to her grandparents' house. They picked her up. And I booked it to the Philadelphia airport and flew down to Orlando to Disney and uh, took a, a solo trip. I know, you know, that's not for everyone. Uh, most people have little voices in their heads that say things like don't travel alone or be scared of public speaking or th care about what other people say. But I seem to not have uh, that functionality. 
So yeah, I, I headed down to, of course, I COVID tested before I went. I'm vaccinated. I COVID tested to make sure I wasn't going to go down into Florida with COVID already. Kept my mask on, was very safe. Uh, thanks to those of you that reached out and you were like, hey, stay safe. Yeah, I did. And I, you know, tested again when I came back just to make sure that everything was was good. But yeah, um, took a, a flight down to Orlando. I picked whatever the hot wire deal of the day was. And it's like, yeah, this hotel looks good. Um, and just uh, spent two days at Disney. I did Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios because I wanted to wa- rise, ride Rise of the Resistance. And I wanted to see the Happily Ever After uh, before it ends again at the end of the month. And then they bring in the new uh, fireworks and the new displays and shows that Disney's going to have for their 50th anniversary. And watching Tinkerbell fly on live streams is just not the same as seeing it in person. Funny story, though, I I originally was going to do Hollywood Studios Saturday and then go to Magic Kingdom on Sunday. But I thought, well, what if it rains on Saturday? I I better do the Magic Kingdom on Saturday. So that way, if something happens and I don't get to catch Happily Ever After, I'll have another opportunity on Sunday. Funny enough, and I found this out through Instagram, uh, I guess Brian Quee from Medical Coding Geek was at Hollywood Studios on Saturday, the day I originally had planned to go, but then switched it. So uh, we kind of uh, just passed each other. And uh, I didn't want to ask a lot of my Orlando friends, you know, to, to meet up. I did check, I think, with Tony, but I knew it was the holiday weekend. So I didn't want to bother everyone because I just assumed, you know, everyone ha- probably had fa- plans with their families. Side note, my daughter, Lizzie, went to Disney for the first time when she was five years old. Her grandparents took her. And when I say her grandparents, I mean like her grandparent, her dad's side of the family, um, who I'm no longer, you know, married to, haven't been for a number of years. Um, But she went to Disney when she was five with her grandparents and her dad. Following year was 2018, which was HealthCon. I then went to Disney without her. So her and I have both been to Disney uh, but not with each other. So November, we're actually taking a family trip down. So I'm excited for that. Now, of course, not everyone has the capacity to just go on vacation for the weekend uh, when they're feeling some of that fatigue. But I, I, I did feel a lot better when I came back. A lot of emails and things I needed to catch up on, uh, just kind of digging myself out now. I'm trying to get myself in a better place structurally where I'm not kind of uh, reactive that I have things more planned out in advance, but it just seems to be difficult to get there right now. Um, so in any case, back to the coder funk, one of the really cool things I think about medical coding is there's just so many directions you can go in, especially once you've just got a little bit of experience. Once you've got some experience, it's a lot easier to move around, to train from specialty to specialty, to switch from profi to risk adjustment. And, you know, one of the best things you can really do is just make yourself open to those new opportunities just in case things get stale. Maybe you're coding pediatrics and you love pediatrics, but uh, someone could come into that environment, to your career environment that makes things extremely difficult for you and you don't like it anymore. So if there's an opportunity to move to a different specialty, you want to be open to that opportunity. You could even be open to the opportunity of moving to a different pediatric 
practice. You know, if you're tired of evaluation and management, you can switch over and try doing surgery. If you're tired of your particular surgical specialty, you can do a different one. There's all kinds of trainings that the AAPC has now to give you a a decent baseline in some of the different surgical specialties. Uh, If you're looking for something more profitable, definitely look into interventional radiology coding. So if you're struggling to learn interventional radiology coding, RadRx has the perfect solution for you, cracking the IR code, mastering interventional radiology and cardiology online training program. Yes, with my girl, Stacy Buck, the interventional radiology coding expert who will break down the complexities of interventional radiology coding into little easy to understand terms and concepts so you can grasp that complex specialty. Through her course, Stacy has assisted many coders with little or no interventional radiology coding experience in successfully passing the CERC exam on the first attempt. So if you need more information about this, more testimonials, you want to see what it looks like, head on over to radrx.com, use code CONTEMPO10 because you can get 10% off some of those services that Stacy provides. Now, if you are open to new opportunities, you want to learn different specialties, you want to have that conversation with your boss, about those new opportunities that you want to train in other areas. That is a great thing that you can do, not only to demonstrate that you're open, you want to learn, but that you're a team player, right? That you can say, hey, I know that Janice, who does uh, internal medicine, is going on vacation in a couple of weeks, and I would love to learn some of what she does and how she codes her services and help uh, cross cover for her while she's on vacation. I mean, that'll definitely get you some bonus marks when it comes to be evaluation time. Now, if you're not able to do that, sometimes you can't have those conversations with your bosses. There are some personalities out there that, you know, if you say, hey, I want to learn some different things that they might go into panic mode and go, oh, you know, this coder, they're just looking to leave. They don't want to stay here. I'm, you know, forget them. Um, so if you're not able to do that and express that, hey, you want to learn some new things, learn new skills, train in other areas, you're not a tree. You can pick yourself up and move to a new location. If you're in a healthcare organization where you and your boss are just not seeing eye to eye, you might be backed into a corner. And sometimes it's not that it's, you know, you're right and your boss is wrong or your boss is right and you're wrong. It's just that different personalities, different conflicts of personality. And, you know, it's hard sometimes because if you're in a, a big organization, the only other place you may be able to move if you do profi coding and only profi coding is to the facility coding department. And if you don't have an inpatient certification, you don't know ICD-10 PCS, that may be more difficult. I once had a new manager taking over the coding department and told us a story when she was coming in and talk, talking to us about her background. And she said um, she tried leaving. And it was just as bad wherever she had tried to go to this new organization. So she came back and she literally said to us, you think the grass is greener? It isn't. If that isn't a demotivational speech, I don't know what is. So it wasn't surprising that the environment became very toxic after that. Um, There was a little bit of almost like shaming of certain members of the department. So now... Revenue cycle does tend to be a female dominated industry and it can get a little uh, 
touchy with all of the different hormones and temperaments and personalities flaring, but you will experience it less now when you are working from home. You won't have that in your face, the little chitter chatter water cooler talk quite as much. So what can you do if you're working from home and you are getting into that funk, you're feeling stale, you're feeling stagnant. Well, there are a couple of things you can do. You could try to spruce up your area. You know, there's cute little wall safe stickers that you can get now that look like windows that overlook the beaches or the forests. And you can use actually even just some great Dollar Tree hacks to make your space kind of look like an oasis. Put the seashells out, put the sand out, uh, put the little decorations that make you feel, you know, even even the just scents. Things like aromatherapy, that if you have a certain type of scent burning, like a it, something maybe floral or something fruity, that it can have you get into a different type of mindset. It can calm you down. And then work on your stress relief. You can focus on things like exercise. You could try healthy eating, journaling, meditation. I recently got a new journal that I'm going to try out. It's called the Push Journal. I'm interested in it because it's made by uh, Shailene Johnson, who is someone who's like, I have ADHD and this helps me because I have ADHD. And I, ever since I had to have my kid evaluated in kindergarten, I've had some suspicions and maybe one day I will pursue them. But in any case, I have this journal that is for um, supposedly that's, that's very helpful for people to organize that have ADHD. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but you can even just do things like chill on your couch with your dog and binge watch stranger things. I mean, sometimes that is great in itself. Um, I enjoy purse lip breathing. So you can do that. Like that's when you take a big breath in and you blow out with your lips pursed, almost like you're blowing a bubble or if you're blowing a pinwheel, it's that deep breath in, pursed lip out. And, you know, maybe sometimes you just need to take a break. Uh, maybe you've been running on all four cylinders and absorbing nothing. And that happens to me. I just go and go and go and go and go. And somehow I'm going, but nothing is actually happening. Nothing's actually getting done. And, um, you know, I've, I've had situations where I'm just going, not just working, but I'm like trying to read uh, audiobooks at the same time or just constantly absorbing things to make myself better and do self-improvement. And sometimes you, you just need to stop and pick up like a crappy Nora Roberts book or reread Harry Potter for the fifth time and stop trying to stop trying to focus so much on uh, doing a million things and being as productive as possible and stop and just not be, not be productive. Sometimes that is the only way that you can, um, charge up your batteries to get back into that mode of being productive is by being, stopping and being non-productive for a little while. Or maybe you just need to get organized. You know, when things are super cluttered, it can impact your stress levels. And I know I have a hell of a time trying to focus when I've got piles of laundry and papers in the dining room and dishes in the sink and the table's a disaster area and my bathroom is a disaster area because my kid was doing experiments in the sink. So trying to get organized can help out as well. So if it was me, and I'm 
doing, let's say, general surgery. I'm doing general surgery. I'm doing general surgery. I'm like, up, it's a hernia repair. Up, it's a lap appy. Up, it's a lap coli. Up, it's this. Up, it's that. Doing the same things. I know it's the physicians. I'm making careless errors. What I think I would do in that situation is really take that, take that step back, relax, take some, maybe even just a day off and schedule a mental health day. Hang out on the couch for a day, like unwind and then think, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to keep doing general surgery or do I want to stop now and learn something else? So you need to figure out that pathway that meets what you're trying to do. What are your goals? Are you at a point now where maybe, you know, you are bored, you need something more advanced, maybe you need auditing training, if you want to get your CPMA credential, hey, head over to contempocoding.com and I have training for the CPMA credential. Uh, I do have, I think, some coupon codes every now and then available that you can get discounts on the training. Um but that might be something, or maybe you want to get into compliance. Maybe you're tired of profi coding. You want to learn inpatient coding. You want to learn a different specialty. Maybe you want to learn a more advanced type of surgery. Those are all different directions that you can take. Or maybe you love general surgery, but you're just not happy with the organization that you're working at or your boss. So in that case, if that was my, my problem that I just didn't like the particular environment, I didn't find it to be suited to what my goals were, I would start maybe looking for another job coding general surgery. You know, with medical coding and being able to have now the entirety of these remote jobs available at your fingertips, you know, it's a lot easier these days to move around. And in some cases, I've even heard that, you know, you really do yourself a disservice by staying where you are for a prolonged period of time. Um, I mean, you'll accrue things like maybe more vacation days, but your salary might not go up as much because if you uh, are in an organization where, okay, their max increase from year to year is 2% or 3%, well, you could probably go and get a new job and make a considerable amount more from the pay increase from transitioning into a different uh, organization than that 2 or 3% that you would get. So don't cut yourself short, you know, look for new opportunities, always, always keep yourself open to developing. And that doesn't always mean developing within your organization. Loyalty is a, a great thing, but you know, we don't have it as much as we used to. You know, my parents, they stayed where they worked for decades. I've switched jobs, you know, three times in a decade. So that's my advice for when you're in that coder funk, you know, try to change things up a little bit. If that's not working, take some time off and like really relax, unwind, do something that you enjoy and figure out what your next step is. Do you want to stick it out where you're at? Do you want to move somewhere else? Do you want to learn a new skill? Are you bored? And make that next move. Again, you are not a tree. You can get up. You're not rooted anywhere. You can get up and move somewhere else. It's not a problem. So I will see you guys in the next podcast. And until then, just keep on coding on.